Welcome to the Scottish podcast by Scottish people about Scottish things. We are three lifelong friends and displaced Scotsmen who get together to talk about our homeland, the weird shit that happens there, and to remind us why we are the way we are. Welcome to This Will Do Nicely. Hello everybody and welcome to today's story with Rory. I'm joined by my two lifelong friends, Chris. Say hello, Chris. Hello, everyone. And Johnny. Say hello, Johnny. Hello, everybody. All right. Let's get into the story. Okay, gentlemen. I want you to imagine it's Friday afternoon. It's April 14th, 1933. Johnny, you are well-known businessman, John Mackay. Chris, you're a university graduate, Aldine Mackay. Chris, you're sitting beside your husband as he drives along the dark and winding roads of the northwest of Scotland. The two of you are puttering along in your old-timey car. Well, I guess it would be a new-timey car, at least a current-timey car. The point is, you're driving back home towards Inverness. The trees on either side of the car, they create a canopy above you, through which you see the spring sun setting in the afternoon. Out of the passenger's window, you watch as the sun reflects off the calm waters of Loch Ness. Chris, you look at your husband. Isn't he handsome? And such a well-known local businessman. You think, (laughs) how lucky you are to be... I know. He is very handsome. You think, how lucky you are to be surrounded by such beauty. And all of a sudden, you look out the passenger's window and you you see the reflection of the sun on the the lake, the calm waters of the loch. All of a sudden, the water erupts. It's churning and cascading like a witch's cauldron boiling over with poison and death. You yell to John, your husband, to stop the car. Stop the car? That's very, very good. You, You really are a professional. John stops the car and then both of you get out. As you look over the lock in horror, you see something the size of a boat breach the surface, moving through the water with uncanny grace. Is it a whale? Is it a giant squid? Is it a monster? That's right, gents. We're talking about the Loch Ness Monster, a.k.a. Nessie, a.k.a. the Killer Kelpie, a.k.a. DJ Ness Monster, a.k.a. Loch Ness Ness, but with dollar signs for the S's. Okay, wow. I didn't know that it'd gone, you know, American. Yeah, she's she's got a, you know, a hip hop name and a DJ name these days. Wow. Okay. She's totally branded. What do you what do you guys remember about Nessie? I mean, she's sort of baked in my consciousness, I think. Whether I've seen her or not is a different question. Have I actually you, think I've only been to Loch Ness once or twice maybe in my life. Yeah. Have you guys I been? I think I've only been like once when I was a wee boy I, as well, like I, I, I must confess, I've never been to Inverness. Uh, being a pure lowland Scot that I am, the, the furthest north that I usually uh, ended up going was St. Andrews, and anywhere else would just give me a nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, the lock is, what, the northwest of Scotland? Um, but Nessie's obviously been around for a very long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, personally, I, I was only there, like, once. I don't think I saw the monster. Uh, like, do you guys believe? Well, I've got a question for you. You said, you, you setting the scene there said uh, in 1933, and you painted a lovely picture. I, I really felt like I was there, and I really felt like it was... Theatre of the mind, you know, uh, classically trained. I, I know that, I know. But is that the first time that she was seen or is that just the most famous one so that one is the first time that she was uh recorded in what we'll call modern history um is that, that the, was actually is, is he the surgeon is that the surgeon's 
photograph? No, but that's a very, very good question. And I'll get on to the surgeon's photograph. You've skipped... It's amazing that you even you, know that. You've skipped ahead there, Johnny. I He's only skipped ahead things. by a year, which is odd. It's not, but it's not like, far off. So 1933, that... Uh, there was an article in the Inverness Courier that came out basically describing the scene that I said. There was a, a local businessman and his university graduate wife were driving along and they saw basically the water erupt beside them. They stood there and watched it for a minute. Uh, they waited another like 30 minutes to see if anything else would happen, but they didn't see it. And they described it as a whale or something in the water, but the, the newspaper described it as a monster. And that was the first time... Like I said, it had been recorded in modern history. But it goes all the way back to like the, what is like the, the 5th century? It's like uh, 565 CE um, when some uh, priest, actually I think he was, he's at now St. Columbo, or Columba I should say, but I keep on referring to him as Columbo. Uh, came over from Ireland. There's a story in his biography that states that he was walking along the lock. He saw a bunch of people burying a dead guy. And he was like, what happened? And they said he was killed by a monster in the water. Then he didn't believe them. Basically convinced one of the guys to go out and swim on the lock as some sort of man bait or something. You've all been man bait for uh, a Catholic, you know, saint uh, and had to swim across the lock. But like, so he was swimming across and the monster apparently came out and Columba did the sign of the cross and told the, the monster to bugger off and off it buggered. And this appeared in his biography like a hundred years after he died. So there's definitely like, a question of the validity considering it's a hundred years after the saint himself died but uh yeah i mean that is the first recording and then there's been other sightings kind of through the generations and then we skip to 1933 so also it just keeps on giving i saw today there was a new sighting this week i was looking on twitter yes. earlier it's yes. like it's just the gift that keeps on giving it hasn't stopped since now, That's the thing is, do you think it's still the same one, or do you think it's son of Nessie or daughter of Nessie? And Nessie returns. No, just, I mean, uh, how good are the breeding grounds in Loch Ness? Is it like a trout farm? Well, it, it, so that was the thing. There was a, a sol- like solid moment where they were like, yeah, it's a dinosaur. 100% a dinosaur. The, there was a documentary I watched where the guy kept on referring to it as a dinosaur, which I think <laughs> is just a better pronunciation. Um... Did any, it, did anybody, I mean, given the fact that 1933 was uh, the date, uh, I mean, I know that we were still a fair few years off going to war, but it, I mean, has anybody ever said it was a submarine? That they were testing a submarine? Yeah. I mean, there's been all kinds of theories. There's eels, uh, seals, elephants. Like why, would everything. There be, why would there be an elephant in the lock? Well, there is reporting, like, so the Romans used to bring bears to Scotland for entertainment, and so they're like, well, if they can bring bears, they can probably bring elephants. Do you think it was an, ele- an elephant driving a submarine? I think it was an elephant holding a small badger. That's why his <laughs> trunk was out of the water, and the, the head is the badger. Oh, it's a monster, Ken! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's bizarre, like, it, it, the, the odd thing is that, like, 
you would think that there's these stories all around different lakes and different locks and people would see these sort of sightings everywhere but for whatever reason it is kind of centered on Loch Ness that is definitely where the vast majority of sightings are um there's definitely some sort of mythos around that loch i you know personally think there was something there some sort of like honestly just like a fat seal or something that was there back in the 30s hung around for a few years got everybody excited and then died and then it's just the perpetuation of the myth yeah or the seal is uh found a way to construct body armor and uh maybe even grown opposable thumbs as well and has created some sort of mechanism that can let it live forever in some sort of vehicle it's I mean, like has that ever been seal... thrown out I, I it's i don't i think you might be onto a new theory are you suggesting it's like the the seal version of the power rangers when they yeah. get inside the the megazords that's 100% what i'm saying i'm saying just you know imagine the seal is the uh let's go for the green ranger here because he had the dragon zord so that's the one that kind of makes makes the most sense here and the dragon zord came out the water uh Mm -hmm. so you know i don't think it can be ruled out well this is the thing there's other sightings that take it out of the water like there's one person just after 1933 or maybe a couple that said uh they saw something waddle across the road in front of them and they described it like a dragon. There was other people that said that they saw it on the shore of the, the loch, uh, sunning itself. Like it's not just been in the water itself. That's just a the, the, be- that's just a beaver. Yeah, the road crossing yeah. one always gets me. It's like, I mean, one if you really saw a thing like that crossing a road in front of you, you're going to sort of just stand there taking it in. I can imagine you moving fast in the opposite direction much more easily. It, look, if, if the size of the Loch Ness Monster is to be believed, look, I was in Seattle last year and I saw uh, on a train track a bunch of uh, like the husks of planes without the wings on because uh, the Boeing factory was near there. So imagine the size of like a plane without wings. I'd imagine looks like the Loch Ness Monster. And you, fuck you, no- you notice that. You notice that quite quickly. You don't just kind of have that walking, going past you. It's shuffling across the road. And, you, and you're like, oh, okay, fine. That's totally there, normal. There is one story about a guy who was like on his motorbike home um, and he was a vet. So it's always like they always give the background of the, the witnesses because it's like they're more credible if they've got a certain background. And they kept on going on about how he was a vet. And then they were like, and he was driving along on his motorbike at one in the morning. And I was like, well, I mean, he's obviously pissed out of his face. <laughs> like, he definitely saw, like, a large deer and was like, it's a fucking monster. <laughs> to be fair, the vet might have just come back from the farm delivering, you know, animals. He might he might not be drunk. He might just have been tired. But I, you, look, I don't want to cast aspersions. You're right. He may have just been tired. But, like, the fact that it's at one in the morning was, I think, a little bit relevant. What did the vet see? It was his in the water or across No, the his was going across the street. Yeah. Right. Was running across. And then yeah. he said it like slid down into the loch. Guarantee you that that is a beaver. <laughs> it's a big beaver. Yeah. Which makes me feel really bad for all those animals that that vet operated on because <laughs> he did, didn't have a clue about any of what, what was you, up. What you, was bring, you bring in a slightly large dog. Oh, that's a fucking Loch Ness monster. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a look at your horse. It's like, no, Malcolm, it's Malcolm, you're going to have to focus. It's no the Loch Ness Monster. It's just a gerbil. 
but that's the thing like that's why they were going on about the couple that I was describing earlier that it was in the afternoon the waters were calm and they kept on referring like they referred to him as a well-known local businessman and her as a university graduate and again I think it's just to support the veracity of the witnesses but they also ran the local hotel yeah yeah I was going to say what was his what was his business because it starts to add up right (laughs) yeah exactly and they, the, the whole, the article, uh, they're anonymous and they don't give their names and they don't mention the hotel and all that type of stuff. But you're like, still though, like, had they like, if you go into their accounts, so they just bought a whole bunch of merchandise that would be like, I just, uh, I went to Loch Ness and all I saw was the monster. <laughs> what monster? Like, uh, well, uh, I'm glad you asked. It's, yeah. It says here you pre-ordered this in 1932. Why would you? <laughs> Why would you do that? So, Johnny, you were talking about the the um, surgeon's photo. The the story around the surgeon's photo is the reason that I got very excited about this in its entirety. So, like after 1933, in that sighting, there was other sightings throughout the year, but people got incredibly excited about it. You know, people were turning up to the lock, they were camping out, they were sitting watching the lock the the entirety of the day and night, waiting to try and see this. So much so that the Daily Mail hired actor, screenwriter, director, and big game hunter Marmaduke Arndell Wetherill to go and hunt for the monster. So, you know... That's good journalism right there, that's a good feature. Right, you you got to chase a story, yeah. you know. If the story's not going to, you know, make itself, you've got to make the story, right? That's <laughs> no. Also, if anyone's going to catch it, it's someone called Marmaduke. Marmaduke, yeah. He the the photo of him's amazing. It's like him with a with like one of those wide brim hats staring off into the distance with a camera with a monkey on top of it. And it's just like he's our guy. He's definitely going to catch the monster. Is he, is he like from South Africa or something and he's just been imported in? He just had a, a cameo spell in Ace Ventura too. He was, like, he was from South Africa. Right. Was he actually? Like, I, I know you're joking, <laughs> but he was South African. Do you want to go find some big game? <laughs> I'm your guy. the guy from, uh, you know, they did in Jurassic Park, who's like the raptor hunter. He's like yeah. the kind of yeah. pro hunter. It's like that. That's your yeah. like stereotype, right? It is the stereotypical guy. Well, he was an actor as well. Like, I'm pretty sure the big game hunter part of it was like, you know, when actors are like, yeah, yeah, I can do kung fu. Yeah, yeah, I can ride a motorbike. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm a big game hunter as well. Definitely. Um, you know that the equivalent would be if this happened now, they would get Joe Exotic to do it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and he would just, yeah, it would be horrible. He'd end up doing creepy things. I would have found the monster if it wasn't for Carol fucking Baskin. <laughs> but so they they sent up Marmaduke and he went up there with his camera crew, went looking for the monster and literally within days he was like, I've found, I've found the monster. I've found footprints of the monster on the shores. And it, he did find these big like three-toed footprints that he took uh, plaster casts off. And then sent them to the London Natural History Museum, I think technically the British Natural History Museum, to kind of analyze and study and find out like what type of animal this is, what type of monster this is. And I, so this is like a year after. This is like December 1934. Uh, everybody, like Nessie fever is at like, you know, going through the roof. People are going bananas over it. Um, 
And then within, I think it's like a couple of weeks, the Natural History Museum comes back and is like, yeah, it's it's not a monster foot, it's a hippo foot. <laughs> and, I mean, you guys know how like well-known Scotland is for its hippos, so yeah. it makes sense. Vicious, vicious population. Yeah, I mean, like, they're, they're wild, like, you know, we have to have those cullings pretty regularly, they're, there's more... There's more uh, hippos than there are grouse in Scotland. It's it's really becoming a problem. So, um, I, so am I to assume that this South African uh, chancer came over here with a hippo print already in tow, and it was like, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna get one over on the Brits, and I'm gonna <laughs> get this hippo print. Well, yeah. I mean, he. Uh, so that was it. They were like, okay, not only is it a hippo. It's because he sent them multiple prints. They're like every one of the prints is left footed, so it's (laughs) all the same foot. (laughs) And it's like not only is it a one footed hippo, it was definitely a dead one footed hippo. And they they suspected it was like an umbrella stand that had been used. You know, like I I don't know if you remember the you want to remember them, but like it was a bit of the fashion thing back in the day when you know killing like endangered animals was was in vogue but like they they would hollow out animal legs and you would use them as umbrella stands or like ashtrays or whatever else and he'd got well we don't know if it was him but somebody had got this umbrella stand of a hippo's foot and then made footprints and then so do you think it was do you think it was him trying to get one over or do you think someone local was trying to get one over on him that is debatable. We don't know for certain, but you know, everybody got excited. I think I do think like the December thirty four article from the Daily Mail was like the monster is not fiction; it is fact. Like they had put like all their money on this being like he'd found evidence for it, and like obviously when the true story came out, they they apologized, they they redacted their story, they definitely oh wait no it's the Daily Mail. They tore him to pieces. They like sold him out down the road immediately. <clears throat> so much so he like disappeared, like just went into like hiding or something like that. And like so, that was it. He was what, gone. What is he now? When you talk about the the photo in 1934, that's the famous photo, isn't it? The one where you exactly. So, how, what does he have to do with that? I've kind of so missed that. April 34. Um, is when the Daily Mail prints what we all know as the surgeon's photo. So he disappears. Then a few months later, the the Daily Mail prints the surgeon's photo, and that's the one that, like, when you think of the of Nessie, you've got the neck coming out of the water. It's a photo that we all know and recognise. And again, everybody went bananas for it. They're like, "This is it. This is the proof." It also seems slightly odd to me going back to like the footprint thing. Is now I feel like it's ingrained in your mind as like an uh, like a sea animal, right? Like it seems odd to me that they would think it it would have footprints. Like maybe wouldn't it? Would it? I don't know. Yeah, but, right, but there was that story of like the dragon crossing the road. So yeah, and also hippos live in water, Johnny. So you shouldn't be so close minded. Uh, <laughs> yeah. duck, ducks have feet. Ducks are in the water True. an awful lot. So. You know, I don't think it helps uh, Nessie for you to think of her as purely being a <laughs> waterlogged. I don't want to limit based. Nessie. No. Look, I'm not a cryptozoologist. You guys aren't cryptozoologists. Like, let's maybe leave it to the professionals here, okay? Yeah. 
So, so this photo gets printed. So basically, it was this guy, uh, Kenneth Wilson. He was traveling from London to Inverness. He happened to see the monster in the lock. He got out. He took a photo of it. And then when he traveled, when he returned back to London, he sold it to the Daily Mail. And because, again, the veracity of the witness, he was a surgeon. I think he was actually a a gynecologist. He was a doctor as opposed to a surgeon, but uh, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I do know he was birdwatching. But he took the photo, sold it to the mail, and then, again, that was it. It was like, well, this doctor is not going to be lying. He knows what he's talking about. We believe him and we believe the, the story. And so that was it for like 60 years. Everybody was obsessed with Nessie. People believed it existed. This photo was evidence. And like an entire industry gets like built around Loch Ness Monster. You know, there's, uh, there's scientific researchers. Uh, they, they gave Nessie a scientific name. They tried to kind of guess what type of monster it was. So they were claiming it was a, a dinosaur, whether it was like some sort of mutated seal, whether it was like an entirely new species that nobody had ever heard of. Um, universities would send people up to investigate. Movies were made about the monster, like literally like, millions of dollars being spent on it and also coming into scotland I mean, as a tourist it, like it's it's fair to say that nessie is probably when it come, when you come to tourism in scotland you think of golf you think of whiskey and you probably think of nessie after that i mean it oh she's top five at least yeah i'd imagine that she drives an, a heck of a lot of tourism uh to yeah, uh, Scott. Not not as the main thing. I'm sure most people go for like the golf or uh, whatever. But Nessie's probably like, oh well, yeah, we could go to Loch Ness. Why not? I, it, it's still millions of pounds. Like people are obsessed with it. Like people go up there and they they spend holidays there. It's one of like the handful of destinations around Scotland that they'll go to. It's like you know Glasgow, Edinburgh, St Andrews, and Loch Ness. So yeah, I mean, you're completely right. People are still to this day obsessed with it. But, and this is the thing, this is what like is so baffling about it is like every single time there's a legitimate story or there's some evidence to support Nessie, it immediately gets debunked. The difference with the surgeon's photo is that it took 60 years. So in 94... There was this guy who'd like dedicated his life to Nessie. He was some sort of enthusiast. He, he had been investigating Nessie for, for many, many years. And he revealed that the whole thing was a hoax. There was an article that came out in the 70s that basically said it was a hoax, but nobody paid attention to it. So this guy found it, read it, wanted to dig into it a little bit and was like, no, this is the most famous photo about Nessie. I need to figure out what the story is. And... <laughs> it goes all the way back to Marmaduke, who was so pissed off about the way that the Daily Mail had treated him that he recruited his son and his stepson to build a fake Nessie neck, put it in the water, take a photo of it, sell it to his mate, who then gave it to the surgeon with the express mission of selling it to the Daily Mail. I'm guessing to like like punk them basically i don't know if he was getting the money from the surgeon it didn't like there's no talk of that he went he went to his grave with that he he didn't he died in 39 so he died like five years later but surely if the picture goes in the mail and 
they have their fun with it for a week or so, isn't the payoff then for Marmaduke to be like come out and say, yeah. I got you? <laughs> yeah. What was he waiting for? I. That's the thing. That's what nobody knows. I bet it was enough for him just to know. He just needed to know. That was it. He, he just died happy and a bit bitter. <laughs> I mean, it could be like, so it, it, it was like in the 70s, his son basically came out and said, yeah, yeah, we, we like my dad was so pissed off with the Daily Mail that he wanted to get back at them. So we built a fake Nessie neck. We put it on a submarine that we bought from Woolworths and we put it in the water. We took the photo and then we got a uh, Wilson to sell it to the Daily Mail. Was the sergeant in on it, or was he giving it as a as if it was yeah. a real thing? Yeah, no, he was in on it as well. Like everybody, there was like all in. There was like five guys that got involved with it. It was Marmaduke, his two sons, a colonel who was a mutual friend of Marmaduke, and the the doctor. This sounds like a Cohen Brothers caper that uh, needs to be right? made. That's that's what I mean. It, it's it's insane. And then the last person, so it was then verified again in ninety four by his stepson who basically had a deathbed confession. He was like 94, and he was like, yeah, we made it all up, mate. Like, none of it was real. It, it's bananas. So, yeah, I mean, that was that was essentially it. Like, that the, the Nessie has been around since, like, 500 CE and has survived throughout the centuries through these stories, and then every so often through this, like, you know, photos or videos, and some of the videos online are just like literally a dog in the water, and they're like, it's definitely Nessie. Could or be. It's, Nessie it's, takes many forms. You don't know that. She's a shapeshifter. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think of that. Sometimes uh, she, sometimes <laughs> she takes the form of an Inverness hotelier. <laughs> sometimes she just takes the form of liquid, and that's when she really messes with everybody. Yeah. It's like Wonder Woman's invisible jet. Johnny, the article you, you saw on Twitter today, like what was what was it saying? There apparently was another sighting this week, although I think it's immediately been debunked almost like instantly. I think it circulated and it was sort of in the vein of like, wonder what else 2020 can give us. <laughs> um, being someone that works a bit in Photoshop, it's pretty obvious it's... it's been doctored in a lot of ways. Considering Nessie's been basically social distancing since 1934, for her to come out and break it now would just be a real slap in the face to the Tory government. <laughs> I, I mean, did also she's... notice that, tw- that um, Nessie has a Twitter account, and at the top of it is a, a, a tweet pinned that says, if I get 25,000 retweets, I'll tweet my current location. <laughs> that's incentive. Yeah. I mean, that's not even that many retweets, so that's probably doable. I mean, you would think if she was going to come out and reveal herself, she would have done it just before Scottish independence vote. Like, this is it. Like, you know, we can survive on me alone, but... Um... Well, she she might not be a, a fan of the Scottish National Party, of course. She could be a staunch fan of the Queen. Uh, She's a nationalist, like a, a British nationalist. The, the, wow. No, the Queen and Loch Ness Monster are probably of similar age, so they could be contemporaries. Yeah. I mean that that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think it would do for the tourism industry if if she was found? Well, I'd imagine it would be a Jurassic Park scenario where uh, they would build a park around her. Uh, they would get loads of tourists there, but then there would be a catastrophic electrical failure caused by a storm 
and Nessie would just end up eating half of the uh, people there. Would it um, continue to the terrible to, um, sequels and her be in New York at some point in time, just wandering through people's? I, I'd, ima- I'd imagine she would end up in New York at some point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris, you were you were taking a look at some of the. Uh, I mean, Nessie's so big; she has spawned <clears throat> cousins. She has cousins in Scotland. Uh, she has yeah. cousins around the world, but I also think here in America as well. Yeah. So. Like I did a bit of cursory research here, and and I I would like to say first and foremost I do not know if Nessie was the is the OG here, if she is the one that has spawned most of these or, uh, but she is clearly the most famous. But but <laughs> just to reel off a couple of the ones that have zero imagination, uh, we've got Tahoe Tessie, uh, who is um <laughs> the is one that uh, resides in Lake Tahoe. Uh, UC Davis Research Group has previously attributed the claimed sightings of this monster to trout. So I don't know how <laughs> impressive it can be. Uh, then we've got Chessie, who is a sea monster that lives in the in, oh, che- in Chesapeake Bay. Again, it's a serpent-like creature with flippers. Uh, it's basically the same thing. Speculation includes a mutant eel, or maybe anacondas that have escaped, or slightly less exciting uh, river otters, or even a visiting manatee. Um, and in Michigan, they have Bessie, which is the name of a lake monster in Lake Erie. I mean, there's a bit of a theme developing They're here. not even trying. Yeah. As far as, like, other ones that I liked going kind of a deep dive in this, we've got to give Canada a bit of a shout-out. And I think this explains things, because Canada is sort of like the Scotland to America's England. I think it's colder. I think there's less to do there. And people's imagination runs wild. So, and probably a lot of Scottish uh, people ended up in Canada from several hundred years ago. So they've got... Well, there is Nova Scotia. They Exactly. They have the second most famous lake monster after Nessie, apparently, which is the Ogopogo, uh, which is a monster that inhabits Okanagan Lake. I'm sorry if I've butchered that in British Columbia. And apparently it was seen uh, as recently in 2011. The Vancouver Sun ran an article saying that a man from there had video proof that it was real. I must confess, I didn't really go and do much more research than that because I just, I wasn't, my, my heart wasn't in it. Did you watch the video? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. Uh, Canada also apparently has the Manipogo, which is a monster that lives in Lake Manitoba. And not to be outdone by the other ones, they've got Cressy, which is a eel-like monster in Crescent Lake. Um so Canada, you know, Canada's got Scotland sort of on the ropes here, but Scotland does have a couple of extra ones, which I personally wasn't aware of. They're sort of like Nessie's little sisters. Apparently there's one called Morag, which is a loch monster in Lake Morar. And then I can't pronounce... I had no idea, but I, I did find out about Morag. Yeah. Uh, I don't Did you read about Morag at all? I, I, all? I didn't get much on her. I just saw that she was a sort of similar type of deal in Lake Morar, but... <laughs> I mean, there's another one which is a Gaelic one uh, called, uh, I think it's pronounced Muckshilk, which is a Loch Monster in Loch Marie. But Nessie's clearly blown them out of the water as far as publicity goes. The three people in Scotland who still speak Gaelic are very angry at you right now. Yeah, I know. I know. I've got to confess, I don't speak Gaelic, but, you know. I, I, I read about Morag a wee bit, just because, again, I hadn't heard about her either. And she's just down the road from Nessie. And. It, it, you're right it's a very similar story like 
she's another humpback monster. She was more of a death omen and blah, blah, blah. But my favorite part about it, like, th- there's various sightings about her until 1969, where two fishermen were going across a boat, and they were like, yeah, yeah, we saw a monster, it hit our boat, so we shot it. <laughs> and then the stories just stop after that. It's like, oh, nice. Thanks, guys. Uh, good, thanks, good work. Thanks very much. <laughs> Yeah, that was that's definitely a case of them having far too much to drink and hitting hitting a <laughs> river otter. It's just a large seal, yeah. I, I got to say, in my extensive research as well, though, I need to give a shout out to two more monsters here. When it comes to sea monsters, uh, this one just it really tickled me. Um, the monster of Lake Tota, which is in Lake Tota in Colombia. And it has the best nickname of any monster I've found so far, which is Diablo Balena, which is the devil whale. Um, <laughs> and apparently the earliest sighting of that was made by a conquistador in the 1700s, described it as a fish with a black head like an ox and larger than a whale. And finally, sorry to labor the point, we've got an honorable mention here, but Rory, you and I were joking on Twitter about this, um, this map of the different monsters in America. And we saw one that looked like a straight ripoff, which was the Pope, the Pope Lick monster, which sounds exactly, you know, like it's just the Loch Ness monster, but just a stupid name. But upon further research, I found out that it's basically just Man Bear Pig from South Park. It, oh my God, um, that's amazing. It's a part man, part goat, and part sheep creature uh, that apparently lives below a railroad trestle bridge over Pope Lick Creek in Louisville, Kentucky. According to some accounts, it uses hypnosis or voice mimicry to lure trespassers onto the trestle to meet their death before an oncoming train. Uh, but others disagree oh, and cl- Jesus. Uh, yeah, and others disagree and claims it just jumps down from the trestle onto the roof of cars and kills people. It just sounds I mean, like a poor man with a mental illness. It's it, yeah, it's <laughs> South Park meets supernatural, I think. Wow. Are there any comparisons that have pulled in as much um Tourism around the world. I suppose there's Bigfoot in terms of like unseen things, but not so associated with like a place, right? I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Johnny. I didn't do extensive research on this. This is <laughs> about an hour's worth of scrolling on Google, but I think Nessie is probably the biggie. I mean, big Bigfoot, yeah, or the Yeti. I mean, I know when I was in Oregon last year, they really kind of made a lot of that, but until I'd been to Oregon, I never associated it with Oregon. I just thought it was mm. kind of this general beast that lived in the American wilderness somewhere, but that's maybe just ignorance on my part. But the Canadian one that I mentioned apparently is the second most uh, popular, but even the Canadian... This is like a a two-team league, you know? It's like Bigfoot, (laughs) Nessie, and then a big drop-off before like you get third place. I suppose you got the Abominable Snowman, don't you? I thought he was just a version of Bigfoot. It's the, it's the uh, Bigfoot. Is, is that offensive? Bigfoot, but when he goes skiing in Switzerland for, for <laughs> yeah. the winter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't I don't want to insult Bigfeet out there. Um, so if I got that wrong, I, I apologize. Yeah. Look, I think it's, as I say, I think Scotland it probably doesn't have too much going for it. It's just taking it and run with it. Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like just one of those shared mass hysterias that has lasted an entire like number of generations which is a little bit disconcerting but look to be honest there's fuck all to do up in the north of scotland like i'd be making up monsters if that's where i lived as well like i get it i get it (laughs) yeah 
All right. So after all of that, do you do you believe more? Do you believe less? Like after the compelling arguments for and the slight skepticism against, I I don't believe that. Uh, what well, it, it's difficult to say. I I think there was probably something there, be it a big fish or some sort of giant eel or something like that. But uh, I mean. I didn't realize how extensive the hoax was uh, in the 30s. I, you know, I didn't realize it was specifically due to embarrass the British media, which I think is hilarious. But specifically the mail. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not there with it. I'm too much of a skeptic, though. I think Johnny, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm probably with you. Although I do think if I was there and the times I've been there, I find myself sort of gazing out of the water as you do, just on the off chance that you might see something, and so. I sort of want to believe in it, but I think I'm a bit too skeptical for it. Rory, what do you think? After you've done most of the research here, yeah, I mean, like I, I'm very skeptical person in general. Like, and I come at things not believing from the outset. And I do, I like these stories. I want to believe in. I, I'd love it if it existed, but like, it's when I see. Certain photos that are humps in the water, and people are like, "This is it. This is definitely Nessie." And the comparison right beside it, which looks exactly like it, is just three seals also breaking the water. And I'm just like, "That's all it is. It's just like it's coordinated seals that are just messing with everybody." Like <laughs> seals I, are I'm very con- intelligent. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They can bounce balls on their their nose, and they can also pretend to be a mythical beast for multiple centuries i yeah i i wish it was real i just don't think it is the case unfortunately but you encourage uh future tourists to uh visit scotland to make up their mind on their own just in case we get picked up by the scottish tourist board or anything and this ends yeah, up people have got to make their own minds up and the best way to do that is to explore it for yourself go visit scotland. not only that i i want them to <laughs> prove me dot wrong com. like i said <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do, like I said, I want to believe. I want it to be real. Unfortunately, I don't think the evidence is there yet. But that's not to say it won't be in the future. Like, that would be honestly amazing to see some sort of unknown animal, some paleolithic creature to come out from the depths of the loch. Like, that was a, that's part of it. It is like the largest lake in all of Britain. Yeah, maybe there is stuff down there. And like, there's still, you know, certain like sonar pings that they've done that they can't explain. There's certain photos that can't be explained. Um, so yeah, maybe there is something there, and I really hope there is. I just, like I said, I don't think the evidence is there yet. So yeah, that's what we have for today. Yeah, I guess uh, it's time to to say goodbye. So, uh, Chris, yeah, goodbye. Uh, it was a very informative first episode. It's um, it's made me reconsider you know how i feel about monsters and scottish tourism in general going forward johnny any last thoughts enjoyed it it's good to find out more about what you thought you once knew all right this will do guys this will do nicely
Hello. Thanks for listening, everybody. Just a couple more things. Please don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and all other podcasting apps. You can email us at thisldonicelypod at gmail.com. Visit the website thisldonicelypod.com. Visit us on Twitter at thisldopod. All original music in this podcast is written and performed by our very own Johnny Naismith. Please like and subscribe to his YouTube channel and follow him on Instagram at J-A-W underscore K-N-E-E underscore loves hugs and kisses from the Thistle Do Nicely pod.